I'm Lisa. I'm Kate. And I'm Sean. And this is Watcher Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. And just as a little bit of a heads up, um, uh, just so you know, this is not a podcast that's safe for kids. There's going to be adult topics and cursing. So please keep your Harry Potter loving youngsters away from this podcast. Awesome. Cool. How are you guys? Pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> Can't complain. Def- definitely not in the middle of a move like somebody else I know is. <laughs> it's it's going. I am working on it. I love my house. My roommate and I are really excited. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. Um, like I'm very not unpacked yet. Uh, I'm like, I've got my clothes and stuff unpacked, but like, just like miscellaneous stuff is just still like all over the place. Like I'm currently recording with my laptop sitting on a milk crate whilst I'm sitting on my bed. Um, yeah, I just don't have a desk or anything yet. So it's going to be a little bit of a a process in terms of just like actually getting in, but it's exciting. And we live near a cool roller rink. Uh, (laughs) wow. What part of Washington? Um, I'm in Seattle. Oh, you're in Seattle, not like proper, like a burb or. I mean, I'm in a neighborhood, but it's, it's like my address is Seattle. Oh, nice. Seattle. So do you roller skate? Are you excited about this? roller? Oh, I am so excited about this roller rink. Um, Zoe and I haven't been there yet. Zoe's my roommate. Um, we haven't been there yet. We're super freaking pumped. It's going to be awesome. But do you have roller skates? Are you like, Oh, I have roller blades, but you're not allowed, to, as far as I can tell, you're not allowed to bring outside skates into the roller rink because hmm. they want to protect the floor. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Which is cool. That sounds super fun. I'm super pumped. What's everyone drinking? Um, I am drinking a raspberry sour ale from Lucky Envelope Brewing. Nice. It's good. Like so it. since we're doing a time travel episode today, I did a little fun time travel joke that you guys aren't even going to get. So I don't know why I bothered doing it Uh, because I made a sonic screwdriver, which is a Doctor Who reference. Uh, So I have orange juice with a shot of Old Bay vodka in it. Old Bay vodka. Yeah, there's a there's a distillery by my house uh, that makes like an Old Bay seasoned vodka. That's very amazing. So it is affiliated with Old Bay seasoning. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's technically what they, like, it is not affiliated with the brand. But I mean, like, the intention is. Yes, but the intention is, yeah. Oh! That sounds good. I don't know about the orange juice part of that. Well, because it's, well, but I I figured, like, you do vodka and orange juice, and now it's just, like, a little something extra. I mean, that, that's gotta be, like, ideal for Bloody Marys and stuff, though. Well, that's why we have it, yeah. Yeah. So what makes it a Doctor Who reference? The word Sonic, or, like, like, uh, (laughs) He, he has like a sonic screwdriver that is like one of the tools that he uses the most often that. yeah so it's a, it's that. a fun thing that i'm doing that you two cannot no. even appreciate someone will someone will someone will that's why i did it yeah well i've got uh pbr uh mm. pappy's bath water um but it's it's pretty good. I, it's, I'm on my third. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've no. never heard that before. That's I just incredible. made it up. <laughs> oh. Tastes like Pappy's bath water. <laughs> I dig it and I, I hope love it. Because uh, it's a little to warm, too. Yeah. Wait, what'd you say? I said, I hope PBR starts to listen to our podcast and they, they hear should. that and then they pay you a bunch of money to take that tagline yes please help me pay my student loans um (laughs) speaking of listening we the podcast is out yay oh Uh, yeah it's our first recording i think this is our first recording since uh since we actually launched it which is super fun so many of you guys are listening and that's awesome Thank you so much. First, I want to apologize to my neighbor, Tim, for making fun of Hufflepuff. And (laughs) he just texted me this afternoon. I'm really sorry. Um, But this has been just like launching the podcast, launching the social media has been, I'll speak for myself, so much fun and such a like 
fun jazzy surprise that people like the feedback folks are giving us and like sharing our stuff online has been just so affirming and so much fun. Yeah. And if you guys are listening and you enjoy it, um, it is super helpful to us if you leave us um, a review or rating on iTunes, uh, even just like a rating, something super quick you can do. It just makes it easier for other people to find us. Uh, and so for those of you that have already done so, we are super appreciative of it. This started in like the depths of COVID. I mean, one of the depths of COVID and it just feels nice that other people are now like a part of it. It's not like a fake hobby. Yeah, and the it amount felt of like people, a fake one for a while. <laughs> well, and the amount of people who I know that are not Harry Potter listeners at all. Um, so one of our good friends from college, um, Rebecca, um, she does not love Harry Potter at all. I don't even think she's read them. I think she's seen like um, one of the movies, mm-hmm. but her, her, she loved it so much. And she called me, she's like, oh my God, I just feel like I'm sitting in the living room listening to you guys talk about things that I don't understand. And I love it so much. Um, and that's like, a lot of folks have reached out to me in a similar way of saying that like, they're not big Harry Potter fans, but they really enjoy still listening to it because it's like something they can feel connected to which is just like so nice and I love yeah, that it's pretty well, rad maybe after a couple more episodes Becky will decide to read the books maybe this will inspire no yeah. no sorry no she won't <laughs> no but I'd love to hear her summarize what the plot is <laughs> I also would love that we'll have her on as a guest she doesn't know yet great. but it's gonna happen yeah <laughs> so Let's dive in to today's episode, which we were both excited and very nervous for. Um, so we, qu- quite like J.K. Rowling, we really just threw out the idea of time travel very loosely to each other. We were like, let's do a time travel episode. And like J.K., we were not necessarily prepared for the amount of research that was going to be involved in this. Um, so if you hear us say something that is incorrect about time travel, I'd love if you just kept it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) We, we know, we know we've been on Wikipedia and like Reddit and we are trying our best to learn all of these things. Um, but some of this information we might have a little bit mixed up and I would love if you didn't tell us, (laughs) (laughs) we, we don't really care. We're trying our best. We're trying our best. And this is such a ridiculous concept that so many fantasy genres and sci-fi genres get totally wrong and also sometimes do well. And, you know, we know that JK has her faults and this one was not necessarily done particularly well especially in the book that will not be named. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, we are, we're not going to talk about Cursed Child. We, we nope. did think about it and you could argue that for a time travel episode, that would be I, like very important to discuss, but we've decided not to do it because we hate it. We, we hate it. it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't nope. condone it. I've never even read it. I had to do like a spark notes thing and I was blown away by how, insane the plot is mm-hmm. I don't I don't yeah. want to read it I got like one act in and you know Harry Potter nerd right couldn't finish it had two copies got rid of them both never read the rest of it I have no idea so what I the ending is I read it when it came out and I hated it. I was like really mad about it and then maybe a year ago maybe two years ago I don't think it was during COVID but I decided to try to read it again to see if like once I was out of the the headspace of like anticipating it and being disappointed if it would be different. Um, no, and it was I still absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy a second of that reading experience. I think it does such weird things with the characters, does such weird things with the timeline and frankly just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So we're not going to be talking about it. Yeah, they should have just published the Lance Bass fanfic. I mean, that's infinitely better and more more creative. I would also say more truthful to the canon. (laughs) Somehow. I mean, that's the thing. Like, as far as I could tell from the, like, synopsis, like, the very basic, like, Wikipedia Sparknote synopsis I was able to get of The Cursed Child, um, it reads, like, the worst fan fiction 
And it's like, there is so much better fan fiction out there that they could have just hawked and yeah. published as their own. Yep. Yeah. So, so we're not going to talk about it. I, I am sure the Cursed Child will come up again in future episodes where we're complaining about various things, uh, yeah. but we're not going to talk about it today. So the time travel and like the implications of the time turners, turners in the Cursed Child were not going to address as far as we're concerned. They were all destroyed in uh, the battle at the Department of Mystery, and we're not going to acknowledge <laughs> it any further. Nope, that's it. Uh, but before we jump into specifically Harry Potter related time travel, we're just going to do a little bit of background. Again, this is we're going to be solid on the Harry Potter Ugh. stuff. This is actually the part where if you don't want to hear us butcher things about time travel, you can kind of skip ahead. Maybe I'll Probably. do a little marker in the show notes. I'll tell you exactly when this part of the episode ends. If you want to just go to the Harry Potter part. Um, but we are going to do a little bit of just background time travel theories, um, some other famous examples of time travel. So we're going to start by just very briefly kind of going over some theories of time travel. Um, you do not necessarily see these utilized within Harry Potter. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about why we, th we think that is. And it completely roots back to J.K. Rowling, not really know what she was doing when she put time travel in. But these are the sort of time travel theories that you're going to see more in things like uh, your Doctor Who's, your, you know, Back to the Future, Dark, things like that. So some of the big time travel theories are the idea of um, bootstrap paradox or causal loop. So a causal loop is basically a future event that is caused by a past event, which in turn is caused by a future event. Uh, so to kind of give an example of that, um, I did just grab this from Wikipedia, but a hypothetical example of a causality loop is uh, when a billiard ball strikes its past self. So the billiard ball moves in a path towards a time machine and the future self of the billiard bar ball emerges from the time machine before its past self enters, giving its past self a glancing blow, altering the ball's path, the past ball's path, and causing it to enter the time machine at an angle that would cause its future self to strike its past self, a very glancing blow that alters its path. Does that, uh, does that make sense? Good Lord. Guys? Yeah. If you picture the billiard bar, it, it does. Going it's a lot a easier when you, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you think of it that way. Um, there is also uh, the grandfather paradox, which you, even if you don't know it by this term, you've absolutely seen this in any time travel movie uh, that you've ever seen. So it's the idea that a person travels to the past and kills their own grandfather before the conception of their mother or father which prevents the time traveler's existence. So basically meddling with the past in a way that dramatically impacts the future. Uh, this is like the plot of the first Back to the Future movie, right? Where he, Marty McFly goes back in time, accidentally stops his parents from meeting and like starts to erase him and his siblings. Right. Um, it is also the very famous, like, would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler paradox? You know, by going back, killing baby Hitler, you would negate the reason for going back in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and another, not necessarily like a, you know, a kind of name concept, a uh, named concept of time travel, but the general idea that you should never interact with your past self. Um, so a common rule, a common rule across time travel stories is the danger of time travelers coming across a version of their past selves. Again, think of Doc Brown telling Marty McFly in the second Back to the Future not to let himself be seen by his past self. Um, this idea is also super central to the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, right? Um, Dumbledore tells Hermione, make sure that you guys are not seen. And it would be catastrophic if they were to run into their past selves. Uh, to go into very briefly also the concept of time machines. Um, obviously, in the Harry Potter books, we see the time turner, which is actually one of the few examples I could find of something, of a time machine that was not a kind of like physical structure that you actually have to enter to go in. Um, the only other one I can really think of off the top of my head is there is a phenomenal time travel, a uh, German time travel show called Dark, where they have a kind of, oh, Lisa, have you seen it? Dark is so, so bonkers. It's so good. And <laughs> it's so in dark, bonkers. in dark, they have like a little kind of like portable machine that he sets up and, and mm -hmm. uses. Uh, but for the most part, um, 
And the concept of the time machine as a device or vehicle to help a traveler move backwards or forwards through time was popularized in the H.G. Wells uh, 1895 novel, The Time Machine. And uh, the time machine he envisioned looks sort of like a sled or like a little boat that you sat in. Um, and then other popular time machines are the DeLorean from Back to the Future, the phone box from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the police box from Doctor Who, or like the hot tub from Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the Harry Potter time turner is kind of a, a standout example in that it is not like something you have to be inside. Um, it's just, you know, obviously the cool little necklace thing. So that is just a little bit of background of like, time travel outside of the Harry Potter universe. If it's something you're interested in, obviously I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, Lisa and I already said how much we love the show Dark. There is a ton of really great time travel stuff out there that takes it way, way, way more seriously than Harry Potter does. Harry Potter is not where you should be going if you're really looking for great time travel, but it is in there. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yep. So I will hand this over, Lisa. I think you did a lot of the, the research for this, but obviously the first time that we see time travel in any kind of explicit way in Harry Potter is in the third book, Prisoner of Azkaban, where it plays a massive role in the plot and in the climax of the story. Yeah, for sure. So feel free to jump in at any point on this one. So um, Prisoner of Azkaban um, is the first introduction we get to Time Turners. So um, for anybody who, you know, maybe is unfamiliar, which is not most of our (laughs) listeners, um, but basically it's just like a little hourglass that turns around to like change you know, an hour back, um, depending on how many times you turn it. Um, cause there's like an hour reversal charm in it. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about like how that, like JK tried to clear up a lot of these plot holes by like adding certain things to it. But essentially the whole idea of this book, it proposed, it like basically proposes like a, a closed loop time travel theory. So like, um, basically this is like a predestination paradox essentially so it's like it was always meant to happen it's always going to happen there's only one timeline happening at a time um so basically this is the example that i came up with um was that like buckbeak never died um so since harry and hermione went back in time at the end of the story to save sirius they had already saved buckbeak and thus he had never actually been killed at any in any timeline whatsoever because there is only one timeline um now the paradox of this right if let's say Hermione and Harry number one um, had seen Buckbeak survive and escape, then Harry and Hermione number two would never have gone back to help him escape. And thus he would never have been, or he would have been killed, but he wasn't killed. So where is Buckbeak, right? So like all of these different paradoxes that just like stem up from different time travel, which is like, you know, JK does a pretty decent job of trying to wrap up a lot of those big glaring potholes and like covering up a lot of it, but it's all very convenient, which time travel often has to be for any kind of these types of episode. Like, yeah. So I don't necessarily know if I believe that kind of single timeline theory. I know that that is kind of like a popular theory for time travel within the Harry Potter universe. Um, and it, it might just be for more of like fantasy, like almost romantic reasoning. I, I never really like that single timeline theory in anything because I find it kind of depressing, Right. you know, that idea that like, you're never actually able to change anything, anything that you do was always going to happen. Um, you know, and obviously like I, as Lisa pointed out, all of these series have paradoxes in them, um, you know, but I, this is just not a theory that I like in any time travel and I don't particularly like it in Harry Potter. And I don't necessarily think it's in keeping with like the spirit of Harry Potter either. Um, I like, I have always liked more of the idea of the multiple timeline theory where Harry and Hermione did actually go back and like saved Buckbeak. Like there was like another universe where that was not successful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Buckbeak ended up dying. Um, yeah, I always just find the single timeline theory kind of a, bummer um I do like in uh in Doctor Who they basically sort of explain part of it away by saying that there are certain points in time that are fixed points so you know you can change 
nine out of 10 events, but that 10th event like cannot be changed. So they use the example of like, um, like Pompeii, right? Like Pompeii being wiped out is a fixed point in time. There's nothing you can do to change that. Changing that would have way too much of an impact on the rest of history. So as like a stabilizing effect, you can't change it. So I'm always a little bit more of a fan of those kind of theories. Um, so I, re- I rejected the single timeline theory for Harry Potter, even though other fans like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, that was the general theory that like the book in general kind of goes into with the idea that like all of that, like that's just like kind of, you know, we'll we'll get a little bit more into what happens at the ministry. Um, but the the more you kind of dig a little bit into like some of the random rules and regulations of time travel by the Ministry of Magic, the more it just like makes no sense whatsoever, right? Because in this book, Hermione's 13 years old. Nobody has access to this level of magic except this 13 year old. (laughs) It's wild that they were like, you can time travel to like take a couple extra electives. That is poor management of time travel. And youth mental health. Oh, yeah. well, no I one mean, was checking in with Hermione first, but no, I'm sorry. They, they don't care. <laughs> Youth mental health is so far down on their list of things that they care about. That's yeah. true. No, it's absolutely bonkers. Like I have a whole rant about the security of time travel in Harry Potter. Um, I'll get there. <laughs> um, but like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like Professor McGonagall basically just like wrote to the Ministry of Magic and was like, this doll, this girl is very responsible. Give her, give her time travel. Abilities. And they were like, yeah, take it. Like, Go yeah, ahead. Of course. Yeah. That makes tons and tons of sense. Um, and you know, so it's, which is already kind of bonkers and you guys can totally stop me at any point, yeah. but that made me also kind of wonder how the fuck old is Hermione? Oh, wait, I saw, I never even thought about this. And then I saw all your notes and I want you to, I want you to lead me down this path that you traveled. Uh Yeah. So, cause there are some rules that were somewhere established by JK. Yes. Like, okay. I think you'll probably explain it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I I didn't do a super in-depth anything here, but it just made me kind of wonder how the fuck old Hermione is. Because apparently if you, if you dig a little bit deeper into some of JK's writings and, and things like that, right. The longer you spend in back in time, the essentially like the older you get by like a faster growth. Mm-hmm. Um, we're making the assumption here that Hermione didn't travel back in time often enough for that to be a factor. Yeah. Um, but essentially, so according to some random timetable that I found online for the internet, um, she's got approximately, there's a, like, this is, there's approximately 43 weeks in the school year. Um, so like during the school term, um, and I'm making a wild assumption that Hogwarts classes are on average about one and a half hours. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah. Um, so she needs to travel back in time around nine hours every single week to compensate for the overlapping classes um, based on this super random timetable that somebody came up with. Um, and so I'm going to round up for to 10 just for argument's sake. And then also making a, an assumption that she does not go back in time to like get schoolwork done or anything right. like that just for class. Um, so if she's at 43 weeks, right? That's going to be 43 weeks for 10 hours. That's approximately, you know, 430 hours that she has now traveled back in time. And then on top of that, this is going to be um, for like, now I'm going to go ahead and just like divide that by like days, right? So that's about 18-ish days. So Hermione is about three weeks older than she thinks she is. Well, that would explain why she's so much more mature than all of those boys. That does explain exactly <laughs> So like her birthday is in, I think September, according to the like fandom, I don't actually know. Um, But she's about three weeks older than her birthday actually dictates that she is. Um, So she is, becomes a fully qualified wizard about a month earlier than she, than she intended. Um, So if she kept doing this for multiple school years, right? So assume that she gains about three weeks for every school years. We're talking, she'd get about six months older than she really is. Um, and assuming if she spends more time back in, you know, as she starts getting more comfortable traveling, she would just keep aging. And the Ministry of Magic would have just been like, okay. Yeah. 
One thing that struck me about the books when I went back and read them this past year was that she was constantly hungry. That's how they were like showing the reader that something weird's going on. She's like constantly right. She's starving. like shoveling food in her mouth. Yeah, she's yeah. Anyway, so I just thought that was funny. <laughs> I um, never thought of that. That's awesome. Yeah, she's always just like not sleeping and starving and deteriorating slowly. So um, thirteen-year-olds can definitely handle this level of responsibility I also was thinking and I don't want to like get off track too much but like when we were 13 what grade were we in seventh grade like seventh grade seventh or eighth grade can you imagine when you're in seventh grade the like things you'd wish you could turn an hour back and change like the weird social shit that kept you awake at night for like a pubescent 13 year old like I wish I could have done that differently that's just like I can't imagine anyone having the emotional maturity to handle oh I would be like 200 years older (laughs) right yeah exactly the one time that you like talk to a boy yeah you were like oh my god I can't believe Mm -hmm. I fucking said that let's just go back in time and stop myself from doing it like so do we know and I I always assume this, but like, I'm probably not right to assume this. Is Hermione the only student that's ever been granted one of these? Or is this something that is like happening more often? Because it should, it should not be, right? Like we've already poked a hole through this. Children should not be allowed to have this. It's interesting because um, like, I think so. Like, it seems like it, even though it's very strange that it would be just for Hermione. Like, it's a weird thing that McGonagall would even think of, but um What's the, when's the year? So they're in their sixth year when uh, the trio, they decide to stop taking um, care of magical creatures mm-hmm. and Hagrid's all like butthurt. And he's like, well, you could have just like applied for a time turner. To oh take yeah, he, he makes it right. sound like it's, it's like weird. this easy process to apply yeah. for. Well, there yeah. clearly is some sort of protocol. Cause like you said, Kate, like there was a precedence set somewhere because yeah. McGonagall probably didn't just think of this off the top of her head, but it doesn't yeah. sound like it's something that happens super often like it's it's super hard to apply for like as only a special student like Dumbledore as a student would have been able to apply for something like this or Tom Riddle (laughs) would have been able to apply for something like this um so like super intelligent like special students um so that also tells us why there needs to be some security on these (laughs) things I'll I'll get there I do want to say one more thing about um Prisoner of Azkaban before we move into uh, Order of the Phoenix, which is like our only other really big time travel book. I do, I love, so I have a weird relationship with Prisoner of Azkaban as a book. It is, growing up, it was always my least favorite book. I still feel that it's like tonally a very strange book and I haven't reread it in a couple of years. And like now as an adult doing this, I, w- I want to go back and sort of look at it with fresh eyes. But one of my favorite parts of the entire series is that part at the end where Harry realizes that like he is the vision of his father mm-hmm. and uh, and sends out the Patronus when they're being attacked by the Dementor. And did either of you guys watch um, Lovecraft Country mm-hmm. no. on HBO? Okay, so Lisa, you know that they like recreate the scene um, in the episode when they they go back in time remember they need to like get the i think it's like oh, the book yeah so yeah. there there's a, a show called Lovecraft Country um on HBO of course i watched it that the i wasn't crazy about the 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 kind of like overarching plot of it but like the individual episodes in the middle are all phenomenal and absolutely worth watching but there is an episode where they recreate like so spot on that they had to be referring to that scene in um in Azkaban and I, I don't want to ruin it uh because like I saw it and like shrieked and like punched Nick and he had no <laughs> idea what was happening and I was like no it's prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> is there a is that like in a vacuum of references to like Harry Potter like yes no it's it it is not even a Harry like it the within the show because the the show is is set in um the aftermath of World War II saying it's like the 50s so it is like not at all referencing Harry Potter but clearly like the writers are referencing Harry Potter and it is just like such a it was such a fun scene to watch because I love that scene Mm -hmm. in the series so Mm -hmm. much 
Um, referencing back to that event, though, so when we were talking about the different timeline theories back at the beginning, um, and sort of the paradox of, but if you if they saw that Buckbeak had lived, why would they have gone back? Um, and it's like, I guess my the thing that makes me question that is like. Harry saw someone save him. He didn't think it was him, but then it dawned on him when it came time that he was the one who was supposed to save himself. So it's like human logic and agency can sort of like cut through that paradox a little bit. Lisa, what were you thinking? I was thinking that, I think that was one of JK's ways of trying to overcome the paradox was the fact that he didn't realize it was him. So he didn't make any connection that he Got wouldn't it. have made any, any changes in anything. Right. Yeah. So he thought it was his father. So he yeah. like didn't realize it was him making any changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was JK's way of trying to get around a paradox happening. Um, because otherwise people would have been like, Mwah. yeah, like, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, he went back in the bushes in that location to try to see his dad. Correct. And then he realized oh. there was nobody there. And then he was like, oh it's me i'm i'm the guy i'm the guy i'm the guy that's what harry sounds like in <laughs> that my head. famous line from harry potter <laughs> oh it's me i'm, I'm the, the guy, guy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to take it away from lovecraft lovecraft country oh, no, no, that was, that was, that's not part of our podcast oh, i see <laughs> uh, i was the one who took us off track yes um okay so our only other time travel book in the canon of Harry Potter is Order Order of the Phoenix, which even though time travel is not explicitly a part of it, I mean, it has the biggest implication for time travel in the Harry Potter universe, I guess, of any book. Yeah. Um, so Lisa or Kate, do you want to do you want to take us through just the we we can get to um why why jk rowling did what she did in a, a couple of minutes but you want to just take us through like what happens time travel wise uh, with the time turners in this book yeah so um we learn in order to the phoenix that um the time turners are kept in the department of mysteries and so when you get to the battle um in the department of mysteries uh they're going you know stop me or correct me they're like going through all the different rooms and fighting with all the different death eaters and that one room is spinning and they're going through the different doors which is the department mysteries um and they get to the one room where the time turners are kept and in this room um there's a bell jar in the middle of the room where there's a bird constantly cycling through the birth and death cycles um over and over and Ginny is like mesmerized by it um and Hermione proclaims that it's time itself which is super interesting as the way that JK chose to represent time itself do you all have any ideas like does that relate to anything you know of or she just went for it I'm not that I'm aware of I think she just went for it but it made sense to me yeah I we could do a whole episode about the department of mysteries I was so fascinated by that like the first especially the first time I read it but like honestly every time I read it I just want to know everything about yeah what's in those rooms Mm -hmm. yeah I always want to like stop the plot and just like go go in yeah like I, other fun things. <laughs> I want like a hundred pages of just sort of exposition of yeah. what yeah. everything in the department of mysteries yeah. is mm-hmm. yeah um so they're in a fight with one of the death eaters um sort of later on in the in the battle um Rebastin, i don't know if that's how you pronounce his name but he gets knocked into the bell jar um and instead of smashing the glass his head goes straight through it and then he gets caught in this cycle of going from like an adult body with a man's head to an adult body with a baby's head over and over which is hilarious um and then he pulls his head out and his head stays a baby head uh, on an adult body. Um, so I don't know who made this note about Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> that sounds it like me. Lisa. <laughs> it does really sound like something that Sid would make in Toy Story. Um, so 
during the fight, uh, the entire cabinet of time turners gets smashed. So um, instead of just like crashing to the floor and breaking to a million pieces, um, the shelf itself crashes and then reverses in time and becomes intact. And then uh, that cycle happens on an infinite loop. Um, so from here, we're led to believe, or at least this is the event that you can point to that says the entire stock of time turners has been destroyed. No longer can we travel in time because all time travel was just in these necklaces that wizards made at one point in time. Um, apparently can't make again. Can't make them again. Uh, doesn't make guy. sense. Uh, doesn't because <laughs> because also the the bell jar is not damaged, right? Like, right. I'd always kind of assumed that there was like something. So I, I know that some of these um like kind of big pieces like the the bell jar some of the other stuff we see mm -hmm. um are almost like like theoretical models like they're like trying to study right time and love and death and things like that but i did always sort of assume that like whatever the process is for making these time turners is like connected with this bell jar so like as long as the bell jar is still here oh. you should be able to make more time turners oh that's really interesting yeah <laughs> I got no idea. Also, again, not to not to bring up the book we're not talking about, but like in <laughs> in Cursed Child, I'm pretty sure it's like some random ass Death Eater like makes this like super time turner that lets you go back, you know, however far you yeah. want. Like some guy we like like it's I wish I could not who stars in the yeah, fanfic that I talked about. A it's lot not like he's not anybody. He's oh, not anybody. <laughs> he's like, not. It's, it doesn't make, it, whatever. It, what, so whatever. Yeah. Doesn't make it. All I'm saying is this, <laughs> this fucking random Death Eater can make a super powered time turner. I think the ministry wizards, all of them collectively could figure out how to free do all the time turners. Just the little five hour dinky ones that they're giving away to students. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make any fucking sense. That's why we no. have to get into this next part. Yeah. And this is where my <laughs> rant begins. So there needs to be some better security happening with these regulation of time travel in Harry Potter. Because, okay, let, Jesus Christ, let's talk about the Department of Mysteries just some more. Let's because <laughs> these young qualified wizards of 14 and 15 are able to just wander in like just bold as brass because it's nighttime and apparently there's no security at the ministry of magic right just like no security wizards nobody hanging out and like <laughs> let's uh, i don't know yeah. where are your and, security trolls they put security right. trolls all through hogwarts and they won't even let some little kid get into their common room well i mean okay and like let's argue that the department of mysteries isn't that easy to get into and it's only because like um Voldemort or the Death Eaters decided that like let them in essentially right because they're trying to get them lure them in again do we really want Voldemort and Death Eaters able to just have access to this room like this room that's basically just a horrifying Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> that like people I just don't understand. Imagine being an unspeakable and working there every day. God, you would be insane. And then also not to mention that time is so dangerous that when like regulated, only qualified and approved witches and wizards, including a 13 year old, by Routines. the way, yeah. um, they're just able to meddle with it for small chunks of time only. But this extremely dangerous magical artifact can just be taken by anyone as long as they can unlock a door and it's nighttime. Yeah. Uh, Is I, there like a log book they have to sign there's... out? <laughs> I, I, think we need, I think we need to consider that wizards, not that Idiots. smart. Like Frickin none of them. As a, as a collective group, there's some standouts, but as a collective group, not that smart. You know what, though? It's mostly the muggle-borns who are intelligent. And I'll tell you why. It's because they go to school when they start at five years old. Wizards they're not apparently uneducated. don't school it's until 11. And by then, it's like, you're just all fucking morons. It's like, like, do you, do you know how much, how much learning you've missed out on if your first day of school is when you're 11 years old? I mean, we're going to have an education episode where I rant about how it's still important for wizards to understand math. So 
I don't get it. That's how you end up with a bunch of Ron Weasleys in the world. They take uh fuck what's the thing arithmancy arithmancy. right but that's like that's like an elective after your third year kids yeah no it's absolutely bonkers so there's just a lot like i understand that this is meant for children so it had to be kept as simple as possible but also at the end of the day wizards are really really there's like a whole like nazi motif you know what i mean it's not just meant for children i think it could have just been like thought out a lot better oh for sure but we already also have discussed how jk just kind of flies by the seat of her pants half the time yeah i mean she's just she talks out of her ass i think for this one she displayed some um rare self-awareness which like hasn't just been i haven't seen it many other places um most especially not on her twitter feed of late but um can, can we get into to how the, she tried yeah. to get up from this and, okay and i i will give her I'll, I'll give her the i don't think benefit of the doubt's the right word here but like I don't think she knew the can of worms she was opening when she was like, I think it'd be cool to do time travel. Like everyone thinks it's cool to do time travel. Unfortunately, time travel is a lot of work. Yeah. And you have to like fully commit to it. Right. She she half-assed her time travel, which like a ton of people do. And I feel like especially in in fantasy, like there you're just kind of like, I don't have to get into the hardcore sci-fi parts of it. Yeah. So she said like, yeah, like, so this is a quote from her. I went far too lightheartedly into the subject of time travel and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. While I I do not regret it, um, Prisoner of Azkaban is one of my favorite books in the series. It opened up a vast number of problems for me because after all, if wizards could go back and undo problems, where were my future plots? Great question to think about later. Like, why are you going to take yourself into time travel kind of like Sean, what you were saying, when it's no part of the identity of your world that you're building out. Like she went here, but she couldn't hang there. And then it was kind of sloppy. And I would call this probably the sloppiest thing in the in the series. I, I agree. She is usually pretty good at like knowing and building her world. Mm-hmm. This was a mistake. And to give her credit, she fixed it like very quickly yeah um because I don't think it was really until she brought back Voldemort in like human form in the fourth one that she was like oh shit Mm -hmm. like that time travel is gonna be an issue um so she she shut it down right away especially being like in the fifth book like all the time turners are gone they're never coming back don't even even think about them again (laughs) it's gone that whole realm of magic, branch of magic, is just closed it's off to us. Just yeah. gone. Which I admire. I, I really do. I admire that. Where she's just I like, do. we're she not talking about down. time travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just put her foot down. She's like, this is a closed subject. We're not discussing it again. Which is her right as an author to be sloppy and try to clean it up. But. And I, I think, so we in terms of how time travel works, we don't get really any information in the books. So all of the stuff we know about time travel in the wizarding world has come from Pottermore and has come in the years after, probably even after um, all the time turners have been destroyed. Uh, Because I don't really remember there being a ton of dialogue around, you know, her rules and things like that when like the fourth book was out. Right. So, so again, to go once again back to this question of like what is what is canon what do we take seriously um know that all the stuff we're about to discuss in terms of rules and how time travel works is not textual it has all come later on things like Pottermore and interviews and stuff mm-hmm. like that so do with that what you will um but she has since come out and sort of explained how how time travel works and because obviously everyone's big question was like if you've had time turners this entire time, like why didn't anyone go back and save Lily and James? Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't they stop this from happening? And that is still a good question uh, because I don't know why someone immediately didn't go back and stop this from happening, but whatever. (sighs) Um, But according to J.K. Rowling on Pottermore, uh, wizards cannot travel back more than five hours without causing catastrophic harm to which a wizard involved. 
Um, so any longer than that can result in rapid aging and bodily damage, like our Pottermore example of Eloise Mintumble, uh, who is a character that I did not know because she is not in the books. I don't think she's in like any of the supplemental books. Uh, she's like a Pottermore creation, mm-hmm. but she is the cautionary tale for time travel. So from Pottermore, um, all attempts, uh, quote, all attempts to travel back further than a few hours have resulted in catastrophic harm to the witch or wizard involved. It was not realized for many years why time travelers over great distances never survived their journeys. All such experiments have been abandoned since 1899 when Eloise Mintumble became trapped for a period of five days in the year 1402. Now we understand that her body had aged five centuries in its return to the present and irreparably damaged. She died in St. Mungo's and in, um, shortly after we managed to retrieve her. What is more, her five days in the distant past caused great disturbance in the life paths of all those she met, changing the course of their lives so dramatically that no fewer than 25 of their descendants vanished <laughs> in the present, having been unborn. So Eloise McTumble fucked around and did find out very painfully. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But like, so per the single timeline theory, like how could she cause someone to not be born if they were, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know, guys, it's this all is a why, paradox. This is why you don't touch time travel if you're not willing to get into like the nitty gritty of time travel. Yeah. Right. If you're not willing to spend so much time researching a bunch of really nerdy shits, don't bother. I just love because J.K. Rowling's whole thing is like uh, the origin of her writing Harry Potter. She's like, I wrote it on a napkin in a pub. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, see- well, we're seeing that now. We yeah. that. <laughs> that's, that's painfully obvious. Oh, my God. Good God. Um, I wish I could do that and be nearly as successful. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like so from that, though, using that cautionary tale um, and then God, who, who's the, the professor? Saul Catterall? Catter something? There's like another Pottermore creation um, or they, you know, a professor who has studied it his whole life, studied time travel his whole life, um, somehow came to the conclusion that five hours is the longest that you can travel back in time without causing like irreparable damage to your current timeline or something like that. That's like, that's the rule that they came up with. Um, but I guess if I were Dumbledore, like 10 minutes after the Potters were killed, I'd be like, well, two hours back. Like, here's the thing though. Well, no, so, but it's too, the time turners are too heavily regulated. They wouldn't have been able to get their hands on it unless they were a 13 year old trying to Dumbledore. study more subjects. It's, it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore nope, definitely just has Dumbledore. his own. Nope, he can't get into the Ministry of Magic. Only Voldemort and children can. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's like, so maybe we can talk about, okay, so some of the fan questions. So I did a lot of Reddit and uh, did a lot of Googling just to try to find out like what fan theories or questions came up out of this. Um, One of which I'm very excited to talk about, like maybe after this, but people ask like, kind of like the, why don't you go back and kill baby Hitler question? why don't you go back and kill Voldemort or um, save the Potters? And it's like, my question is like, you don't, like the Potters weren't that important until they were killed and Harry and the curse backfired on Harry. Like, why would you save the Potters? Like if you had saved the Potters, Voldemort wouldn't have been killed. We don't know what, would have happened so like why would you even play with that part of the timeline so that's like kind of like when people do that why you know would you go back and and kill baby hitler or whatever and there's always the people who say like well if you want to do that then like some other evil force would like fill the space in the vacuum to like keep the timeline going like essentially like almost like this is a fixed point like something terrible has to happen here right I don't know. I mean, I get, I get that logic. It's the logic that is used to just keep a plot going, right? I mean, like, it's the same. It's the Star Wars logic, right? Yeah. So it's like the balance and the force is that, like, you know, with one, you know, canonically good, you got another just as equally bad. 
um, that has to fill the void um, to have some sort of balance. But I guess that like, that makes sense what you're arguing from the, like from a distance, like from us being like, we know the entire plots of these books. Right. But like in the moment, Dumbledore didn't know about Horcruxes or yeah, he didn't know about Horcruxes. Like Mm -hmm. he, that wasn't confirmed for him until uh half-blood prince yeah so if i were him i would be like i'm keeping a close eye on the long bottoms and the potters because i have heard this prophecy and like i have stolen a time turner because i'm dumbledore and i can do whatever the fuck i want right and like yeah i'm gonna gonna keep an eye and if something happens i'm gonna i'm gonna flip it a couple of times and i'm gonna stop this from happening or him being knowing him he would just watch it a couple times (laughs) Just, just like I'm going to observe. Let's observe it. Yeah. So this, I think, was Dumbledore being sloppy. You think so? <laughs> what do you think, Lisa? <laughs> I think that time travel is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> like in general or just in Harry Potter? No, most of the time. It's usually not done super well. Um you know, like, oh God, it's just often so convenient. And I do support, like, that's the thing. It like opens up this giant worm of like, why didn't, why didn't Dumbledore go back in time to save the Potters? Because then we wouldn't have a Harry Potter book series. So like all of these things are like, (laughs) it's, ugh. Like, what's the point of wondering? <laughs> because it's fandom. Because it's then we fun. wouldn't have a podcast. I have a, uh, I have a fan question that I wrote under fan questions, but it's just my question. Um, and I guess this is just along the lines of like poking holes in the plot. So like Voldemort, he explores the darkest of dark magics, which is Horcruxes. And he can make seven of them, but homie can't make a time turner. Like, is he need, that he needs, what we're holding up here? He needs not to make him a super time turner. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> so stupid. <laughs> I guess a Horcrux is kind of like, kind of a time turner. No. I mean, well, the diary was, right? It was like his own. Oh, shit. Like, if that had manifested, it would have just spat out another 17-year-old Tom Riddle. So I actually don't, I don't really understand actually how the diary, what the diary was supposed to accomplish. I don't either. I think it was meant to open the Chamber of Secrets and fuck with people. But was the Chamber of Secrets just letting a big snake out? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of just like petty. He was like, you know, it'd be funny. It's for fun. (laughs) It's for funsies. Well, now I'm reconsidering the plot of Chamber of Secrets right now. I don't know. I actually think it's very relatable that Voldemort was like, time travel is stupid and hard. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, (laughs) that's too obvious, though. I'd like to talk about a fan theory. Yes. Okay, so I did some Googling just about different fan questions and fan theories around time travel. And so we've already sort of discussed why didn't they go back to save the Potters, etc. Um, but then I stumbled across this theory and it it is that Dumbledore is future Ron traveling back in time uh, to, Sean, you look excited yes. right now. Because yes. this theory was very, very popular in the lead up to Deathly Hallows. Okay. Um, so I do, I remember this. I remember like, everyone talking about it on like MuggleNet. I don't know, like the forums I was in. This was really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Will you go more into it? Do you remember? I what don't remember. I don't remember that much about it, honestly. Okay. I just I read remember. A little bit. Yeah. So, can, you, can you remind me? So both of these people are very tall and lanky. Um, Ron is at one point uh, described as having a long nose. Dumbledore has a long nose. At some point, we learn that uh, Dumbledore has a scar on his left leg. I have zero memory of that. I just read this online. Oh, it's, then, a, it's a perfect map of the London Underground. Yes. And then so we see Ron break his leg in one of the books. 
Where, oh, in uh, Prisoner uh, of Azkaban. Yeah. 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 So he like breaks his leg. So one of the theories is that it was um, like a protruding. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Like what a that's compound called. fracture. A compound fracture. So that that's, you know, whatever. That's the scar. And then um, it's like, oh, well, Dumbledore seemed to have known um, everything that the trio was up to before it happened. He always had that like twinkle in his eye, like knowing exactly what they were doing. And so must have been Ron coming back sure. from the future uh, to basically like set up all of the pieces in this huge chess game, um, which gives, gives Ron a ton of credit. I actually love this theory. Um, I, I wish I can't remember like how they explained essentially the time traveling part, like how Ron became dumb, you know, old Dumbledore and, mm-hmm. and came back. Um, I, I have a soft spot for like this sort of thing, just in storytelling in general. Um, I think it's super fun. I didn't necessarily buy into it when this was like a theory that was circulating around, but it was something that like, if it had happened, I would have been really happy about it. Yeah. I, I, I really like it. I think it's a, I think it's a really fun fan theory. I think it's really clever. I think it does kind of make sense if you look at it sideways. Mm. Um, and I think it is something fun to go back and read the books, thinking of it from this point of view, because mm-hmm. I think there are like a lot of little details that could fit and, and yeah. be kind of like clever and cute. Yeah, the the way that Dumbledore and Ron both love sweets is just like another, that's another thing fans pointed to. It was like, oh, that, it, it seems like a little Easter egg if you go back and read it through that um, perspective, Sean, which I, I think is really fun. And I think there is something really beautiful of this idea that like Harry and Dumbledore have this really close relationship, like Mm -hmm. because they were best friends growing up. And it's like his best friend came back to like protect him all over again. I think that's really nice. I really like, I really like it. I wish that actually did kind of happen. I think it's a good fan theory. Plus it makes sense now why Dumbledore was always weirdly hitting on Hermione. Right. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? Someone. (laughs) Just Lisa. Drink your beer, Lisa. That one time Dumbledore talked to Hermione. Yeah. I think was was (laughs) when he was telling her how to use the time turner. It was like the only time they interacted. The the only time they, well, because he was so worried. (laughs) Oh my God. So gross. I have, um, so I have my own time turner plot hole to present to you. Great. How did you choose between so many of them? Well, because (laughs) just based on the characters as we know them, I think that the only real time Turner related plot hole in this franchise is that Ron doesn't suggest time turners for the entire All the seventh book. It's so true. I think Ron would suggest oh time turners God, all the time because he's a fucking idiot. And yes, I would love to have a Ron, uh, a Ron episode because I do really like him after I just read it through again. But like, I think it would look like him constantly suggesting it. And Hermione giving him very detailed explanations as to why they can't use a time turner or why it's too volatile or something, and then Ron continuing to do it. It is actually <gasps> unrealistic that he that never is. is like, "Oh, why don't we choose a time?" And then someone has yeah. to be like, "Because Ron, yeah, exactly, destroyed, you idiot, you were <laughs> you there, idiot." Ah, uh, yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, no, that's actually a hundred percent fair. Like, that's the most unrealistic character development ever yeah because that's ron would constantly be suggesting it yeah anyway thank you for bringing that up i think you're completely right yep thank it's you. super valid i Plus, also now- would have seen it discussed more in the world at large i think it would have been a thing like people that just people wanted i think no one i don't again it's something where it is somehow simultaneously no one knows about it and also they give it to 13 year olds like the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like them. Well, this has been a really fun exploration a really of shit I don't understand. I, like <laughs> I feel like we learned a little and we are more confused than when we started. Yeah. Yep. We, but we did it. I'm proud of us. If we did I a mean, time turner, we could definitely um, just go back and 
do it differently. Do it just, differently. <laughs> just do a ton more research. <laughs> I did a ton of research and it still it's is still like, fucking that confusing. is actually the problem. I don't know if any of you at home will believe this, but like we actually did collectively more research for this than we have done for any other episode. Yeah. And yeah. I still don't feel like it helped that much. Nope. Yeah. Well, if you <laughs> If you want to compliment us and absolutely not tell us about any of the time travel stuff we got incorrectly, you can email us at uh, watcherharrypod at gmail.com. Nice things only, please. Uh, or you can contact us um, on Instagram at watcherharrypod. I'll put the handle in the show notes. Um, th- thank you guys for listening. Thanks for bearing with us. Should we do a call for topics? Yeah, absolutely. If you have any topics that you want to see from us, we have a running list, but eventually we will run out and we would love to hear what the people want. What do the people want? What do the people want? Send us an email, um, message us on Instagram, comment on any of our posts. Just let us know if you have any, you have any topic ideas that you would like to see. Um, I think at this point, our episodes have been coming out every two weeks. It'll probably move more towards every like two to three weeks now, just because our schedules are, are picking up. Um, but you can, uh, if you subscribe to us on Apple pod, we're also on Spotify and then follow us on Instagram and we'll keep you up to date for whenever next episodes are coming out, but probably look for them every three weeks or so. All right. Thanks guys. All right. Thanks thank so you guys. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by Lisa Moen, Kate Kelleher, and me, Sean Fitzpatrick. It's edited by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre, Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.